40 footed Paredes. Oh, 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 I got a live one here. <laughs> 10 win season, just the seventh in the history of the program. Dino Babers has delivered on his promises. It's over. It's over. The Orange have won it. Syracuse has won the national championship. This is the Seth Everett Show. Good morning, everybody. It is Thursday, October 10th, 2019, live and local right here in Syracuse, New York. My name is Seth Everett. Polly Sibelia is with us. Good morning, Polly. Good morning. Now, if the, uh, if, if the audio sounds a little different, do not adjust your televisions. This is not a drill. Uh, normally, Polly is right here in studio, and today he is coming to us from beautiful North Carolina, where he will uh, witness Syracuse football taking on the NC State Wolfpack. Uh, finally, after what feels like a month and a half, the Syracuse Orange take the field again against NC State in a pivotal game. And, uh, of course, we will have all the complete coverage on TK99 with the play-by-play. And then, of course, after the game over here on ESPN Syracuse with the Burdick Toyota post-game show. Polly, it's finally good to see this team battle again. They're rested after the bye week. I look for a solid effort, and I want to start there because I'm not going to sit here and start doing phony predictions because this is a very tightly contested game. A lot of people across the country are picking NC State because it's their home game, and I get all that. What I'm saying is we are not going to start. When I crack the mic open with James Mungro, former SU running back, uh, and do the postgame show, what we're not going to say is, man, Syracuse didn't show up. That I will not accept. Yeah, and they don't have any room for error in these games. This isn't a team that's going to go out and beat everybody. It's it's a toss-up the whole rest of the season, and they've got to play their best from here on out in order to get where they want to be, which is a bowl game at the end of this year, and if not better, finish second in in the conference in their division. So, I mean, outside of that, you know, I again – there's been talk about NC State's secondary and whether or not Tommy DeVito can exploit that. Uh, they do put great pressure on the quarterback. It's going to be a test for the offensive line. We've seen all the breakdowns and all these things. Again, this is not the Super Bowl here we're talking about. What I hope is that for for SU, Tommy DeVito has time to throw and time to execute a, ba- a game plan. I am not counting how many times he runs the football, but I want him to have the wherewithal on when a play is broken. Yeah, it's going to be a game of offensive and defensive lines. If it, you know, if Syracuse's offensive line can hold up, and get Devito time to run through his progressions, you know, maybe get out in space, like roll out, get a throw off here or there, they'll be fine. And if Syracuse's defensive uh, line can get pressure on them, I think Syracuse wins. But those are two huge ifs, especially Syracuse's offensive line, because we don't even know who's playing. Right, and, and it'll it'll remain to be seen, you know, exactly how this this comes off. Let me ask you a question from the atmosphere, the buzz. Uh, you've been to you know dozens of these games, and you, you know you've seen. Is it very workmanlike? Is it very excitable? Uh, are people who are around this team, you know, anxious at all? At all? Or is, is there a, it, just give me a level of enthusiasm? I think it's workmanlike. I, I, that's why I, I think it's nose to the grindstone. Let's get out there and do you know. Do our- I, I think it's more of a yeah. It's a more of a hey. Let's worry about Syracuse and the way we play and get out there and win this game. 
Right, and I, I, I hate to be a defeatist, but again, if they lose the football game, that's not going to tick me off. What's going to tick me off is the effort, and I just want to see the effort execute, and if you get beat by the better team on this particular day, I'll live to fight another day. I'm not, that, I don't overanalyze a regular season football game. What I, what I just get the sense, though, is, is that this team is going to come, up, come out fired up, and that's what I want to see, and that's... I have the Maryland syndrome in that the last time I saw this team do this for a road game, this was the result, and it, I, I, I was angry. By the end of the first quarter of that Maryland game, I was angry. I don't expect to experience that emotion tonight. Yeah, and let's hope that that, that was just a fluke. You know, let's hope that this team is capable of going on the road and beating a team that's equal to them or if not a little better, and they go out and they put up an effort and their offense can do something, which it right. didn't at Maryland. So. Yeah, so they have that. Today's a crazy day in sports. Crazy day, and there's 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 uh, football, there's, there's college football, there's uh, NFL football. The New York Giants uh, take on the New England Patriots. Mr. Brady uh, taking on Davy Jones. No, I keep calling him Davy Jones. <laughs> I keep wanting to. I, it's an I, old I, man reference. No, I know, but I liked. I I, I like. I, I think about it ahead of time, and I want to do it. It's like I used to call Rex Ryan Rex Reed. Just it just <laughs> was fun. <laughs> just I got a thrill out of it. So anyway, Daniel. That was Jones, another old man reference. Yeah, Daniel Jones <laughs> will come out and uh, and he'll be uh, under center for the New York Giants, and not many people are giving them a chance. And uh, assuming the Patriots win that game, it will be a two and four start. For Big Blue. So we'll see about that. And then there's the baseball. A circus-like baseball games last night. Before you, had, you get into baseball, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you were just talking about the Giants. Why don't we uh, do one more programming note? Oh, you want to you you talk about all the cockamamie stuff? Okay. Yes, I would like to walk people through that. that right, tonight, You walk them through, and then I'll tell you what's really going to happen. <laughs> Tonight's post-game show for Syracuse football will start after Giants football. On ESPN, so here the on Burdick ESPN, Toyota post game, so right. So the yes. eight o'clock Syracuse football game is going to be running on TK ninety nine. The eight twenty kickoff of Giants Patriots will be running here on ESPN Syracuse. If the SU football game ends and the Giants game is still going on, we do not come on until the end of the Giants game. Prediction. SU will lose by a last-second field goal, and we'll be spitting mad, and it'll be half, half, <laughs> Dan, half Daniel, wow, jo- a- Daniel Jones under center <laughs> as the uh, Giants look to come back from a 55-10 to 10 deficit, 17 minutes left in the game, or no, seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. That's my prediction. I think James Mungro and I get on the air at five minutes to midnight. That's my prediction. You may be right, but I, I think that this game has a, the Syracuse game has a potential to take a while. Uh, a lot of Syracuse games. College football is slow this year. NFL, and it's Thursday been for the night past. is a big production. There's usually entertainment at halftime. I don't know. Plus, you get a, give them a, a, a 15 minute head start. I don't know. I, we'll They're going to end very close to time. I'll, I'll bet you lunch that you're there's maybe a five minute difference. So you're saying that when the Syracuse end game ends, the Giant game will still be going on? 
You agreeing with me there? Uh, but yes. You, but you regretted two this minute programming warning. Two minute, war- two minute warning. <laughs> He's like, God, why did we have to bring this programming note? Why couldn't we just play the <laughs> promo? It's already recorded. No, it's uh, good to let the listeners know. You don't want confusion. Oh, it'll be confusing. I go through what. life confused. We're going to go live on Twitch. Oh, no, no, can't do that yet. Um, no, no, I'm telling you, we'll we'll get there. We'll we'll have the post game show. It'll be the wee hours of the morning, and then because everybody sleeps, we are going to record that post game show, and that'll be on tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. <laughs> I like that. That's a I great like plan. It. Give I me think. a day off. <laughs> James Mungro and I will have do we'll do it, and what we'll do is once the mid the clock strikes midnight, we'll reference everything as last night. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not journalistically incorrect, but then we can run it again at 10 o'clock and nobody will know. Uh, all right, all let's right. get in your wheelhouse now. What do you mean, my wheelhouse? Complaining Baseball. About, complaining about the postgame show? That's my wheelhouse. <laughs> <laughs> complaining about anything is your wheelhouse. Oh, but there he goes. There he goes. Let's uh, let's do all some right. baseball. You are an insider. <laughs> yes, apparently. Um, all right, so game fives, they have all the hype. And all the enthusiasm, right? Like, whatever you think about the teams or the sport or the season, you really do get a... I, I get up for a Game 5 or a Game 7, right? Like, that's major, major winner-take-all kind of thing. And the crowd in Atlanta, they're buzzing with their stupid chop. And, they, you know, there's all this controversy because there's a Native American on the on the Cardinals. And so they're told not to do the chop when he's on the field and they have to watch it. Oh, my God. It's such a an, a, an awkward situation. And Mike Fultonevich, and I will tell you that it took me three and a half months to say that name correctly, and that is longer than it took Mike Fultonevich to just take this Atlanta season and just piss it away. <laughs> that was a 10-run first inning without the uh, majesty of a home run, which is uh, strange. People thought they were watching an old footage of, of an old season. Uh, what a strange thing. The Cardinals are up 10 nothing, and they wind up winning. I think the final was 13-1. to I know this. By the end of the second inning, I shut it off. I, I said, this is useless to me. And they, I felt bad because Brian Anderson and Ron Darling are the best broadcast team that you will see in the postseason. And uh, they, they're fantastic. Brian Anderson is the television voice of the Brewers, and Ron Darling is the, uh, the television vo- uh, color analyst for the the uh, the New York Mets and uh, Ronnie's a great guy. Brian's a great guy, and they did a fantastic job. And they you could just feel their enthusiasm. Like, oh, it's over, ah oh, man. But I have one question for you, Polly Sebelia. Sure. The Cardinals had their best pitcher, this kid Jack Flaherty, who uh, sounds like somebody out of the A team. Jack Flaherty is the pitcher uh, starting Game Five. They were up 10 nothing before he throws a pitch. So he goes out for the first inning because he had all warmed, warmed up, and he gets he actually gave up a couple of hits. People were like, oh, could it, could it be? Could the Braves come back? No. Come on. And then he finishes the first inning. So at the end of the first inning, it's 10 nothing. I said this on Twitter then, and I still believe it. They should have pulled Jack Flaherty. Pull Jack that, Flaherty, you have game one of the NLCS Friday. He could pitch Friday against the other team, which at the time you thought was going to be the Dodgers. That that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you, you could do that, but baseball coaches and players are creatures of habit, as you have said, and maybe they just wanted him to go out and do his routine. And Well, 
get the next guy up who's going to pitch in. Now I think the earliest he could pitch is game two, probably not. And now he probably starts game three. I mean, the card, you know, the 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 Cardinals haven't said one way or the other, but. Um, the Cardinals are not traveling to Los Angeles. We'll get to that story in a second, but they advance to the NLCS. Okay, so the Cardinals are in. And then the Dodgers play the Nationals. And I just hearken back, not even to the beginning of this show, but probably my appearances on Brent Axe's show, probably any time I have covered the sport, I have said one thing, one thing about the L.A. Dodgers. The L.A. Dodgers did not take the field, put on a uniform, and suit up to play a game at all during the 2019 season in a game that had any sense of urgency. And I had said the five-game series is the great equalizer. And I said that when you have a team that goes through that kind of Garbage time, for lack of a better phrase, it is hard. It is human nature hard to flip a switch and all of a sudden turn it on and play your best baseball at exactly the right time. And the five-game series is very unforgiving. If you give an inch, they take a mile. That being said, I don't think the Dodgers knew how to win a game they had to win. And when they were up 2-0... That was the first time they had a sense of urgency. And they lost game three. And then they lost game four. And they're in game five. And they're tied in extra innings. But they don't have the battle test. They don't have the heroes. They don't. They can't say, hey, you remember this guy got, Muncie got this hit, and Justin Turner did this, and this guy did this. They didn't have any of that because none of the games mattered. If you look at the highlight film... Of the 2019 Dodgers, it's just a bunch of home runs. It's just a bunch of fluff because there wasn't one defining moment for that team. There wasn't a credible threat in their division. They've had the best record since April 10th. And what are you supposed to do? And I thought it's funny. There's a funny story about Howie Kendrick. Howie Kendrick is a former Dodger. He's a former Angel. I know him from the Angels. But he's a former Dodger. And he comes out, and he gets a hold of one with the bases loaded and hits a grand slam, and you felt a pin drop in that Dodger stadium. That parking lot had more action. They, you couldn't, for, for a place that's built 30 years ago, they've got a lot of exits because that place <laughs> emptied out super fast. That By the time the Nationals won the game, because remember, they have to close out the bottom of the inning, there's literally nobody in the building. And I'm telling you, for the Nationals, and I, you know, I, just just to be the curmudgeon, that's why when you win the wild card, you don't pop champagne because that is a champagne moment. Mm-hmm. That is the biggest moment of your franchise. Since they moved from Montreal, this team has never won a postseason series. And no, the wild card game doesn't count. And so this was a legitimate victory, and the Nationals will go to St. Louis Friday night to play in the NLCS. Nobody would have thunk it. But do you remember, and when we did this the first week, this is my last point on this, the first week of the season, uh, of our show, we said there's t- the, the, the odds were the top three teams. There was a clear line of demarcation between the top three teams. It was Houston, the Yankees, and the Dodgers. Not necessarily yes. in that order. 
And I said to you, I would bet the world one of those three is not making the, the, the final four. One of those three easily. I didn't think it was going to be the Dodgers, but it's easily one of those three. And you know what? It's because they spent months doing nothing. And we Clayton, could have Kershaw, those Clayton Kershaw did a great job in the seventh inning getting out of trouble. He he got he got came in to get the lefty, and Dave Roberts is gonna get slaughtered in the in the media for leaving Kershaw in because again, people get enamored with his face. They just think that, you know, because he's there, he has this like luster on him that he's gonna just flip a switch. I say you get out of trouble in the seventh, count your lucky stars and get him out of there. But I didn't feel strongly about it, plus I was driving, and so I didn't tweet about it, I didn't say anything, I just listened to it on the radio, and voila, the uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers are going home after winning 106 games, in which, by the way, they are not one of baseball's great teams. Their 106 wins is because they play in a division with crappy, with the crappy, crappy, and crappy, and they beat <laughs> up on crappy, and they beat up on crappy, and they beat up on crappy, and that's what their the Dodgers are. And now the Nationals and the Cardinals, obviously you would have to say the Cardinals are, I don't even think the Cardinals are a better team than the Nationals. I would say the Nationals are the better team. Let and, me ask you a question about the Nationals really quick. Sure. They had an interesting offseason where they lost to their, Who? you know, a big time player and were unable to win. Yeah. Uh, with him, is this kind of a vindication for the way they handled that in the offseason? I don't think so, only in the sense that they offered him a deal and they would have signed him. So it's not like they chose to not sign Bryce Harper. They, If they had said at the end of the season, Bryce, thanks for the memories, goodbye, then I think you're absolutely right. But they, they, they could have offered him, a deal. him more. They could have. They, they could have, but you could argue Philly overpaid. And, yes. And th- that's the argument. But I know there's a lot of you know stuff with Harper and people are like, how's Harper like in Washington, watching the Nationals? That's fine. I think the big key to this whole thing is their three aces. They have Scherzer, they have Strasburg, and they have um, Patrick Corbin. And those three dudes, their middle relief is amongst the worst in baseball, but they like their Doolittle closer. That's his name. Not making fun of him. And we'll see. We'll, we'll see. I, I don't think it's a guarantee, but I'm leaning toward Nationals in six. Well, hopefully that pick goes better than your uh, Twins pick. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and I like the Astros tonight. I, you have yeah, to, you that's, have to a like, sa- yeah. that's a that's a safe pick. I mean, it's you know, Garrett Cole. Could, yeah, Garrett yeah. Cole. I mean, on full rest. Again, we said it yesterday, you don't throw Justin Verlander on short rest. I first guessed that. That was a mistake. In a five-game series, it's very unforgiving because the best team doesn't always win. And what happens is you give an inch, they take a mile, and the Rays will, will are opportunistic. They, they, they did the job. They give, give them the credit. They did the job. But uh, I, can't ima- I can't imagine Garrett Cole pulling a Mike Fultonevich. I wanted one more excuse to say that name. <laughs> We'll continue here. Nate Mink at 1030. <laughs> Paulie's in North Carolina. I'm Seth Everett. This is ESPN Radio Syracuse. This is the Seth Everett Show. All right, back here on the show here. Seth Everett, Paulie Stabilia. One other uh, caveat. I have a question for Paulie. Okay, I like caveats. Imagine, if you will, <laughs> you are a person living in Georgia. Okay. Okay. And you, you you work the nine to five, 
working nine to figure out a way to make a living. You know, like you're, you, mm-hmm. you, and it's a five o'clock game, but it's game five. So you say, you know what? Screw work. I'm leaving work early. I'm going to pick up some friends. We're going out to this new ballpark in the suburbs and we're going to the Braves game five. You planned your whole day. You brought your jersey. You got your chop ready. You did all your loosening up. You're all psyched. And the game is over in four minutes. It's like that Family Guy episode where it's the life of a Mets fan, you know? Like, how much, how angry are you? Like, imagine put in your, put yourself in that circumstance. You spent your whole day, let's say it's your Padres, right? You, so you say, you know what? Game five, such a big deal. I'm flying across the country for game five. I got to see game five. I have a ticket to game five. You get there, you get from the airport, you rent your little car, you drive out to Petco Park, you're sitting there, and it's over in four minutes. I think that's a risk. You t- see, I, in my old age, I've calmed a lot. Like I, I, I wouldn't get riled up. That's a risk uh, you take. It's, it's like placing a bet on the game. It's the exact same thing as betting on the game. You're spending all that money to get there, buy the ticket, bring your friends, leave missing your pay, get out of work early. You're gambling. You're gambling that this game is going to go your way. Sometimes life kicks you right in the gut. It really does. It really does. I feel bad. Would you rather that, or would you rather be a Dodgers fan and get your heart broken in dramatic fashion? No, I'd, like I'd to, rather have I'd rather have my broken. team in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I, I like I like if you have to lose a game. Like I remember one oh. of my one of my favorite games in hockey history is the Mato You know, Mato Mato Mato. That's the famous Howie Rose call. The Rangers mm-hmm. beating the Devils in the Game Seven overtime of the Eastern Conference Final, and. That is one of my top ten sports memories, and we lost. I mean, I'm a Devils fan, and we lost. And I remember it. And I, I was heartbroken. I was angry. I couldn't believe it. Everything stunk. But it was a great experience. The the, the brave fan yesterday got ten seconds. They didn't even sit down. That's I'd like, rather have it over Tyson in ten seconds. Spinks. I'd rather have it over in ten seconds. That rip the bandaid no. off. I I don't want to lose in the. Bottom of the tenth on a grand slam. No way. I'd rather know in the first than I can process and digest over the next okay. eight innings. When do you leave? Uh, I, I'm a, I'm one of those guys. I don't leave ever. I don't leave to that last out, even if it's a slaughter. Thirteen I don't leave to one. The last, Thirteen I don't to leave one. To the last inning. out. Thirteen to one. Seventh inning. You're still there. Yeah, traffic's going to be dead anyways. You have your whole row to yourself. (laughs) Yeah. You put your feet up. (laughs) Yes. I'm one of those guys, I can't leave a game until the final out or until the clock ends because you never know what's going to happen. I would say this. If any fans in the upper deck tried to sneak down to the lower section by the third inning, let them. Yeah. They never do. Just do nice things. And you know what I think they should open up? You know, and Atlanta's not a great sports town. I, I don't know if we've ever discussed this, but Atlanta, Miami, Phoenix, top top three worst sports towns in America. But Atlanta's not a great sports town, but this is when you kind of want what Philadelphia has at the uh, Wells Fargo Center, the Rage Room. That's ridiculous. You know they're offering like cinder blocks and crowbars? <laughs> I swear to God. And everything that they put in the Rage Room has a logo of the team you're playing. So if you go to a Flyers-Devils game, just last night the Flyers played the Devils, and if you go to the Rage Room, all the the, the all the, the, the blocks, the bricks that you or the glass that you can shatter in the Rage Room with a crowbar has Devil logos on it. How fun would that be? 
That's not fun. That's insanity. <laughs> I think it's great. And why? It's, why do you need to break things? It's um. It's like it's. I think it's thirty bucks to get in if you're a single guy. But a couples, you, you know, it's it's not sixty. It's fifty. Like a special couples deal. You can go in. <laughs> can you imagine collateral no. damage? Of <laughs> oh God! There's, Can't there's, people just go to a game? And people are vicious. Just go watch the game. People shut are up. vicious. Hey, don't forget <laughs> tonight, to <laughs> myself and James Mungro will take your calls about the Syracuse NC State game immediately following the Giants game tonight right here on ESPN Syracuse. Nate Mink is down in North Carolina. He's actually covering the team. We'll talk to him in just a minute. <laughs> <laughs> My name is He's Seth actually Ellis. working down here. <laughs> <laughs> this is ESPN Syracuse. This is the Seth Everett Show. All right, back here on ESPN Syracuse. So glad you're with us. 34 past the hour. This portion of the show brought to you by Bill Rapp's Rapid Purchase. Enjoy the entire car buying process from your laptop, mobile device, or tablet at BillRapp.com. Uh, normally, he's on Mondays. Then we moved him to Wednesdays, but then he could, we didn't have a show. No, we didn't have a show Tuesday. No, Wednesday. We didn't have a show yesterday. And then uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, he's down there in the game, and the Orange are playing on a Thursday. Dayton and Virgin, I'm in this contest. Something's got to give. Nate Mink from Syracuse.com and the Post Standard is with us, brought to you by Oswego County Insurance Agency. Good morning, Nate. Good morning, Seth. And after all that, now Paulie, I found out, is uh, is ducking out after after half the show. So, well, he we we don't let him get a word in edgewise when you and I talk. So he's <laughs> like, "We're having Nate on Thursday. I'm out of here." That's that, those are his exact words. So I don't know what to tell you there. Yeah, I some, don't blame him. Some fe- uh, uh, fence mending is the phrase that I was thinking. Um, no you know, fans know it's a big game. We know it's a big game. Uh, Coach Babers is calling it a big game. How big is this? Like, what happens if Syracuse loses, plays well, but loses, you know, 35-28, and they live to fight another day? Is the season lost? Like, how much stock do we put in this NC State contest? I guess it all depends on what your expectations are for this season. I mean, if, if, if at this point you kind of take stock of, their injury situation and how they're playing and sort of just the realities of, of certain position groups. And a loss, you know, doesn't by any means kill their hopes to, to reach a bowl game. But if you still have designs or, or harbor hopes to replicate the type of season y'all had a, a year ago, then, yeah, this is the game uh, that you need to win because NC State is, is, in, is, is in transition mode. I mean, they had just mass overhaul uh, on their offense and, and Syracuse, you know, still has quite a, uh, quite a number of contributors off last year's 10 win team plan in this game. You know, one of the things that we should note is Tommy DeVito's injury. Um, you know, everybody has been very close to the vest on exactly what it is. I'm not asking you to reveal if you, if you know that because you haven't reported it, but it's an upper body injury that's undisclosed. What is the, what level, like, are we saying he's 80% capable, he's 90% capable? What What are you hearing about Tommy DeVito? I think it's kind of a day-to-day thing. I mean, I think there's good days and there's bad days. I think, uh, you know, like it, like any like any football player this time of, time of year, 
you know, something is going to be causing you discomfort. And it really, I think, has more to do with, with what your pain threshold is and, and how you're able to manage that throughout the course of the game. You know, obviously, if he takes a, a whack later tonight uh, and, it, and it disrupts kind of his comfort level, that's going to probably have an adverse effect on how he's able to play. Um, if he's able to sort of stay clean and, and uh, you know, avoid sort of unnecessary hits and, and, and uh, you know, deliver the ball downfield, then, then I don't think it's, it's much, of an, uh, much of an issue. But, you know, I, I expect this is the type of thing that is, that is going to be – you're going to have to sort of keep it in the back of your mind really the rest of the way. I don't think this is going to be something, you know, it's not like he's ever going to get back to 100% this year. I think, you know, that – and I would say that for most football players too. So it really, I think, is just about a pain management, pain tolerance thing for Tommy, and and obviously uh, staying clean and, and not uh, being exposed to any sort of hits that that is going to cause more discomfort than he's already feeling. We're talking to Nate Mink here on uh, ESPN Syracuse from the uh, Post Standard and Syracuse dot com. Um, you know, to that end, it'll be interesting to see early on whether or not you know there's something in the first ten plays where Tommy airs it out to kind of make the defense respect you, you know, and I think that can help establish that run game, especially with a banged-up offensive line. Um, taking a conservative approach doesn't behoove you because NC State probably doesn't think he can throw the deep ball. Um, I'm in 100% agreement with you. I mean, hey. Tommy's, strength, Tommy's, strength, <laughs> Tommy's strength as a player uh, is that deep ball and, and being able to, to really stretch a defense out and, and push the ball downfield. If he's unable to do that for whatever reason, just uh, being off cue, uh, not being on the same page with his receivers, or, again, feeling a, a certain level of discomfort that is going to result in, in not getting enough air under the ball or not being able to really uh, push that ball as vertically down the field as he's capable of doing, you know, that really takes away a major part of his game. I don't, you know... <laughs> I really try to avoid all all uh, comparison to to Dungy, but it, it would be akin almost to when Dungy played on a broken foot a couple of years ago at Florida State. I mean, his running ability was an incredible asset to his game, and when you take that part of his game away from him, it limits his ability and and limits you know the. The, the impact that he can have on a game. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you want to see what he's able to do uh, tonight. And, and if he's unable to really hit on an element of his game that, that makes him an exceptional player, then, you know, you're going to have to sort of uh, adjust to those elements in game. And that's where it starts to become really, really unpredictable on what we're going to see tonight. This used to be my uh, Sam Heckle question, but now we'll add Melifonwu, Cisco, Williams. Is anybody playing any of the injured orange playing in this game uh based on dino's comments earlier in this week he was he did not sound optimistic any of those guys will play andre cisco did travel with the team down here so if there's uh if there's a glimmer of hope for anyone um, making it a game time decision and being able to go cisco would probably be the guy that uh, I'd say keep an eye on, but again, I think it's going to be about you know pain tolerance and what he can get away with and how he feels you know getting ready to to go at at 8 p.m. But those other guys, McKinley, Heckle, Melifonwu, uh, I, I would not expect to see them out there tonight. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry, I I didn't know where the button was. I, I, the button's right there. 
and I didn't hit the button, so I apologize to all of Syracuse who is offended by my coughing. We're talking with Nate Mink, uh, Syracuse.com, the Post Standard, uh, right here on ESPN Syracuse. And uh, what has Dino said, if anything, about this quarterback, this young quarterback that uh, North NC State is supposedly starting, Bailey Hockman, not the guy who has started the first five games for the Wolfpack? That's just it. I mean, he kind of bemoaned the fact that they don't have a ton of film on him to study in their prep. Uh, so, you know, they're they're a little shorthanded on really what what he is capable of doing. But, uh, you know, just kind of getting a general scouting report out there. He, he's a bigger kid. He's a transfer from Florida State who uh, came to Florida State via the JUCO route, was was a highly recruited guy, was a, was a four-star prospect. So, you would think he has some ability, but does not have the escapability or, or maneuverability. Uh, I mean that that you that you you'd like to see at that position in, in some cases. Um, but you know, to be fair, Matt McKay, the guy who he replaced, doesn't really isn't really known as a runner. And Devin Leary, who is now the backup and, and may see some action tonight, he's he's more of a pocket guy from New Jersey who Syracuse recruited as well. But you know, Hockman's a guy that is going to be able to stand in the pocket if he's protected and, and deliver the ball. Um, but uh, from the Syracuse point of view, yeah, they, they don't know much about him coming into the night. No, it'll be interesting. You know, I, I, what I'm interested to see is how this defense handles their inexperience. And what I don't think they'll do is get torched. And I'm, I could be dead wrong, but I don't have Maryland. I was saying earlier in the show, this is when Paulie was on the show cause he liked who we had on. Um, the, the, idea of Maryland syndrome where, you know, before you even sit down, you know, Maryland's already put up 14 points. I don't see that happening. That's not to say NC State won't get their points, but I expect a close game throughout. And if anything, you know, no more than a five-point lead for either team. Yeah, I mean, NC State is not a juggernaut. I mean, if the game would would get out of hand uh, in NC State's favor tonight, you know, Syracuse is probably going to have to play uh, as poorly as it did down in Maryland when they turned the ball over and and they really you know were were sort of just hamstrung throughout that that game. Um, NC State is is in transition offensively. I mean, there's no doubt about it, and they're dealing with injuries up front on their offensive line. Uh, you know, their starting tailback got dinged up earlier in the year. Now they still have two freshmen backs that are splitting carries and can go. Uh, so if the holes are there, I mean, they're still a threat in the run game. Uh, but, but, you know, by no means is, is this going to be, <laughs> I don't think anyone's expecting, you know, the, the shootout last that it was last year in the dome. I mean, both offenses are really still finding their sea legs and, and I expect something akin to a defensive battle and a game where I think field position is, is, is going to be everything. And Syracuse has an advantage in special teams. Uh, now if, if they can, avoid the turnovers and, and, you know, avoid giving NC State some short fields or some extra possessions. I think, you know, they have a, they stand up the chances of coming out of here tonight with a win. Well, it should be a, a good time. Enjoy Raleigh. Um, what will you say to Pauly if you see him in the press box or in any part of the stadium tonight? Who? That's a good How I, Does I, he still feel good about uh, the Machado deal in San Diego? I know he's a Padres <laughs> fan. <laughs> I thought it was like, oh, you couldn't sit on our show. Huh? You don't want to be part of the show. I mean, I, I thought you could make it more about this segment here, not about a personal dig. Just ribbing him, ribbing him on his Padres yeah, fandom. I, I didn't see. I didn't see that coming there. Maybe I'll ask him to to ask, actually ask me questions next week. 
Yeah. And are we returning to Monday, right? That's the plan? We're t- returning to Monday morning. I, uh, if I make it out of the under Adirondacks this weekend, uh, I plan to be around on Monday. But there is going to be some some hiking this weekend on the off uh, when you know the rest of the college football world is, is taking uh, place. You should do one of those things where you post your location on some social media outlet. We can all follow you through the mountains. That would be fun. Yeah, no one, no one's done that, right? No, that's, that's, that's never that's not been done before. That's never that that. The accidents never happen that way. It never never right. happens that way. All right, Nate, great job. Uh, enjoy the game tonight. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, thanks, sir. Nate sir. Mink is uh, courtesy of Oswego County Insurance Agency, and he's from the Post Standard and Syracuse dot com. Gabe Kapler has been fired by the Philadelphia Phillies. Talk about somebody who's absolutely crazy. This is uh, the ESPN Radio Syracuse. This is the Seth Everett Show. All right, don't forget, here's a couple of plans. Well, first of all, can I just make a public service announcement? My pad, my podcasts are up. So this week on Sports with Friends, uh, we did an NHL preview. So you puck guys, all my crunch friends, um, I do a big deep dive on the NHL season preview uh, with Brian Compton of NHL.com. You can get that at Sports with Friends, anywhere you get podcasts. And then for the Hall of Justice, meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice... Um, it's the cast of Batman Beyond. Remember that show? Anybody remember that show? Batman Beyond. It was an animated series celebrating its 20th year, and we interview the cast and crew of Batman Beyond. So the Hall of Justice is out. But okay, tonight. So here's what we here's what the plan is. Uh, all the pregame coverage. I think the pregame show starts like in five minutes, and for for the eight o'clock game, the play by play you can hear on TK99 as usual. Right here on ESPN Syracuse, they're going to run Giants-Patriots. Right, The great Thursday night matchup. Good good team to give the Giants a shot against. The New England Patriots. And why I have to watch another game featuring Tom Brady. The guy is becoming fingernails on a chalkboard. Uh, just annoying to look at and just annoying to see and watch. So the, the way the, the deal's going to work is you go to ESPN Syracuse for the Giants, go to TK99 for the Cuse. Then, when the Giant game's over, no matter what... Well, no, hold on. The Syracuse game has to have ended. I will say this. If there's a chance in heck that the Syracuse game goes longer than the Giants game, even though it starts 20 minutes earlier, I'd be stunned. I'd be absolutely stunned. But the plan is, after the Giants' final play, James Mungro and I will have the Burdick Toyota postgame show Coming up right here on ESPN Syracuse, we're talking about Syracuse NC State. We're not going to talk about Tom Brady <laughs> and the Giants game. But that's the plan. It is the Burdick Toyota postgame show after Syracuse and NC State. And then we'll be back tomorrow at 10 uh, right here on ESPN Syracuse to break it all down. My name is Seth Everett. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Seth underscore Everett. You can follow the station at, at ESPN Syracuse. This is ESPN Radio Syracuse.